Hey everyone, welcome to the Iron Skies podcast. I'm your host, Tony. In this podcast, we talk about STEM, entrepreneurship, with also various guest speakers in those fields. We also discuss ideas that I think are worth sharing. Make sure you check us out on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And without further ado, let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Iron Skies podcast. I'm your host, Tony. In today's podcast, we have Eddie Taliaferro. He is the CTO of Build a Black LLC. Eddie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thank you for the great introduction there, man. So as far as introducing myself, I am an entrepreneur. I am a designer. I'm an engineer. Uh, I'm a resident funny guy. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm a lot of different things, a lot of different things. Uh, but mostly, mostly just an entrepreneur. I'm somebody who wants to make the world a better place as well, too. So that's how I'd like to introduce myself. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about Build It Black LLC. Tell us about some of your companies. You know, what would you, what, do, what do, what value does your company provide? How did it come to start and that sort of thing? So, Build It Black LLC uh, is one of a couple of companies I'm working on. Uh, it was really inspired from getting a bunch of people together in the Black community and just rebuilding the city of Detroit. That's it, right there. You know. Why not? Why go outside the city and, and invest there? You can invest in the city. You know, Detroit has a, a really long lineage, a lot of business opportunities. Uh, probably would be appreciated in the next couple, like decade or so. You know, so why not? Why not invest, reinvest in the city, make the community better? Why not do it ourselves? You know, as opposed to like relying on other people to come and save the day. You know, so that was really the the inspiration for that. Just me getting me and my brothers together, coming together, uh, trying to inspire other people. Uh, whether it be renovating homes or building new homes, you know, uh, just anything just to inspire the black community within Detroit, specifically, specifically in Detroit, not out of Detroit, but just in Detroit. Um, and hopefully 10 years in the future, we'll have a large part in rebuilding the city. I love it. And so when you mentioned like rebuilding the city, and by the way, that's an awesome, noble cause. And I love it. What, so when you mentioned to rebuild the city, how is that so you mentioned real estate, uh, the buildings. Is there other parts as well? Mostly, mostly just property, mostly just homes. But like right now, we're still dealing, like kind of dealing with the business, the business logic and the business plan and everything. But it's really, really more so just coming from homes, you know. Um, maybe, maybe in the future, getting into commercial spaces. Uh, but, but just for now, we're just thinking about just renovating and just building homes. Uh, that's really what it is now particularly with that. But for me, I have my own vision of what I want to build, particularly steel container homes. But, you know, that's that's another thing. You know, I might like do a separate thing with that for that there. But really, it's more so to make money uh, building homes, rebuilding the city and trying to ins inspire other people while we're doing it. I love it. Uh, that's amazing. And so if you could tell us what are some challenges in your company? What are some daily difficulties or what are the, some of the things that you have to deal with that are like, you know, challenges, issues? So education, the education piece. So most of the founders, we have relatively small amount of knowledge with real estate. So for us to like educate ourselves and then surround ourselves with people who can do X, Y, and Z, especially in the city of Detroit, that's going to be a challenge right there, you know? So a lot of it, a lot of it will probably have to be like education, or just like uh, going out, like thinking thinking outside of the box and maybe making it like a community thing. Um, so yeah, that's that, yeah. 
All right. And so like education piece. So what, what would you say you had to do in order to get this company started up like education wise? Like what is involved in the process of, I guess, you know, finding a property, fixing it up and just those sort of th- things. So the very first, first thing is realizing like uh, my limitation of my own knowledge, first of all. So once I figure that out, now I know what questions to ask. I know who to surround myself with that type of thing. So as far as like finding properties, I mean, it really just depends. Like right now we're kind of sourcing things out the Detroit land bank, which actually the person I mentioned to you before the call, she has a connect with the Detroit land bank. Um, so it's really, really that um, Detroit, you can get a, you can get a property out of the city of Detroit for really, really cheap. Uh, if you have a really good budget, as far uh, as your, like your renovation budget and everything, you can make a decent profit, especially if you maybe want to do like short-term rentals with Airbnb, particularly. I know a gentleman who's doing his doing one out of Detroit for two fifty a day, which is hilarious because like what's like for the house that he has, but like short-term rentals like Airbnb or like I was telling you with Toro in a different industry. Uh, I think there's a there's a huge like uh, a potential for a bigger profit margin with short-term rentals. Um, so that's a, that's another part of our business model we were looking at. But like I said, we're still in the process of like coming up with X, Y, and Z currently. So, but really like the education piece, like we're not going to be successful unless we surround ourselves with the right people and we have the right knowledge. Same for any business. The other businesses that we're probably going to be talking about, same for that as well too. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and so you mentioned you were a designer and engineer well, like, tell us a little bit about your background, your trade. What are the, some of the, your talents and skills? All right. So as far as being a designer, it really started in high school. Actually, right before I met you, actually, you know, uh, like I've always been a designer. Never. I really wasn't an engineer back when I was in high school, but I was a designer from just like graphic design. just like making logos for people or something randomly on the Internet, that type of thing. So I've always kind of been a designer just as like as a person, just like my personality, not necessarily professionally, you know, but when it comes to which is being a design engineer for websites, uh, web apps, that type of thing, it really started from me dropping out of school and winning a bunch of hackathons. <laughs> that's really, that's the short version of it. You know, that's the short version. Um, so the long version would be, I made the decision to go my own way. Um, I already had design. Uh, skills, at least like aesthetic design skills, not necessarily like functional design, that type of thing. So I kind of had to like learn that on my own in the space of web development. Um, but really how I learned is just by taking clients and honestly failing. That's how it happened. Like all, all the like years ago, like I had so many clients that I just failed on. But as a designer, particularly on the design piece, like being able to get feedback from people, being able to iterate on things, being able to see what people like and what people don't like, seeing people's limitations. Uh, those failures really helped me to really understand people a lot more, which is at the core of being a designer. If you're designing stuff for somebody, it's kind of yeah. understanding yeah. what you're designing for. Um, but the engineering piece, uh, primarily the language I know is HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Uh, so I'm a full stack engineer. So I design, excuse me, I build on the front end. And- so as far as a design piece, at, at the core, I'm a designer more than I'm an engineer. Um, I don't like to build things that don't make sense for people. <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense, like for me to build to build something where it doesn't help out somebody or it doesn't solve a problem. It doesn't make somebody's life easier. You know, I don't even like to. So I think it kind of gives me an advantage when it comes to like um, 
like building software myself, like just like from the totality of the software, especially being an engineer as well. Um, Cause a lot of times people will make a product and they have no idea like why, like why, how is this practical for somebody like, like psychologically, like what, like, how is this going to like, what, like, what, 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 this doesn't even make sense. So I think as a designer, like it kind of makes sense, like being an entrepreneur, because it kind of gives me the, the skill set of being able to know what people want, you know? Um, so I would, I would add that in there. So if you're an entrepreneur, uh, study design principles, <laughs> like try to figure that out. Um, try to understand people a lot more. You'll be able to bring value to people a lot easier. I love it. Yeah, def- definitely studying the design principles. I can see a lot of value in that. Yeah. And so when you mentioned like the the design, the full stack, w- mm-hmm. what are just could you give us an example of what would be say some issue or problem or or maybe not an issue or problem or what would be an example of something that you would design and and how would you go about it? So the so example of something I've designed. Uh, so United Way, we had an app we were building for them called Find Your Future. Um, I started building this before the pandemic. So after the pandemic, we had no use for it. So those it, it was three different apps that I built. I was only able, able ever able to test them, so we weren't ever like ever able to have them live. Um, but basically I designed it as like a LinkedIn for uh, Southeast Detroit. <laughs> so the whole purpose of it, if I'm a kid in high school, I need to be able to connect with other like-minded individuals in the area. And I need to, I need to have some sort of like professional type of way of going about it. And I need to be able to connect with mentors. So I designed the whole platform to be like LinkedIn, essentially what LinkedIn is, you know, um, so the design inspiration came from not being able to quickly make type of like Reddit style type of post. Cause I figured like, if it was like an Instagram style, um, then it wouldn't be like uh, intellectual based, <laughs> you know? So I wanted to design it where people would have intellectual conversations, you know, um, which would attract a certain crowd on the platform. That was all about design. You know, I don't want people who are not about their business being on the platform. Um, so really I, I saw that the kids, they're going to be using LinkedIn anyways, you know? In the future, most of them are high school kids. So why not kind of condition them to like kind of get in that space? Because honestly, if you don't have a LinkedIn nowadays and you're trying to be in business, it's going to be an uphill battle for you, you know, at least in our society, you know. So how I would go about it? I would go, first of all, the kids helped me design it, actually. So I, like half the design work was like already like there for me, you know, which is what I would have did anyways, you know. Uh, so essentially I got like what their problems were like, Hey, what problems do you have being a kid out of Southeast Detroit? Yeah. Southeast Detroit. Um, like what type of site would you want to use? Like essentially like regular, like customer discovery, like design questions and everything. Um, I didn't go off of any of my own assumptions, which that's the bigger thing I want to like, uh, drive home here. Like as a a designer, I can't really design just simply off of my own assumptions. I have to get data from people and see what they want. Cause I'm not designing the site for myself. I'm designing it for other people, you know? Um, so after I got the kids feedback, after I got like the things they want and need, it was as easy as a design engineer. This is really easy for me to translate that. Like my, my, my schematics that I use in sketch, which I love sketch, by the way, if you're a designer, if you're a UI designer, please use sketch. Is, like, it's better like a, is that the software? It, yeah. It's okay. It's a design software. Uh, it's primarily for UI, UX, graphic design. Uh, a lot of people use Photoshop. 
but I think that Sketch is more, um, it's just better for, for software, I feel, you know. If I was designing software, uh, software, hardware, excuse me, I wouldn't say that, but designing software, I think that the features and the, the way it's designed is just, you know, you know, chef kiss, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I'm really passionate about design. So, like, I really, really, the whole purpose, I really just wanted to help the kids. That's really what the inspiration was, you know. It was less about, like, my own ego or, like, how am I going to bake the site to make myself look better more than, like, how do I help these people achieve whatever goal that they have. So that's like at the center of design for me, you know? I love it. And so what, like, so in your company or like, you know, when you, when you're, when you were doing this, you, you mentioned children. So were, were you part of educating these kids and um, teaching them UX, UI design and, and the various, you know, how to use the softwares? So for that particular, um, I guess you could say like design thinking challenge, uh, I didn't get the opportunity to teach, to teach those kids. But the kids that I do teach, most of the time I am uh, teaching design thinking, which is very, very important, you know, in life, not even just in design, <laughs> you know, to have empathy, like to iterate over ideas, uh, test things like, uh, like it's, 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 it's very, it's very like to design your own life. I think design thinking is there, but, you know, I can rant about that for hours. Um, sorry, what was the question again? I, I got a tangent in my head. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I just asked, you mentioned, you know, how about educating oh yeah yeah that's what it was yeah so yeah so that's a part of our curriculum at journey um which is my day job uh if you guys want to support the detroit education community support journey uh that's journey with the i at the end not an e ey yeah, tell us about journey I, I i definitely want to hear about that if you don't mind so journey is a nonprofit out of detroit area we basically teach kids uh html css uh entrepreneurial skills uh, like how to make a business plan, like what is the business model, like what is the profit margin, you know, stuff like that and everything. I mean, we were teaching that to kids as little as like, like six, seven years old, you know, which is to me is great, you know, like um, they where they were like responsible for making our own products and everything. But that's beside the point. Uh, also like design as well, too. So we basically kind of have it set out like um, it's more centered around tech entrepreneurship more than it is specifically design and engineering, you know. So we want them to have a total, like, like large, like macro level understanding of what it takes to be in the tech industry. So you're going to need engineers, you need designers, you need people operationally, you know, you need, you need to know what the CEO does and this is what the COO does, the CTO does, you know, this from a, a complete, like holistic, like uh, perspective, you know, and a lot of kids that we teach come from backgrounds where there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of, you know, like a lot of that. So for a lot of them, it's, a re it's like life changing, you know, uh, to learn skills. Well, right out the gate, you can make like more than the average person, you know, just out the gate with the skills you're learning from Journey. And then to be able to translate that into business, like uh, it's going to help to liberate a lot of people in the area. So I'm really passionate about this company uh, as nonprofit, excuse me. I love it. And for, for Journey, uh, this might be a, a silly question, but who is your ideal customer uh, f for in, in that uh, nonprofit organization? So any kid who, so most of our customers would be like schools. That would, that would, that would be our customer. Uh, so we've like, man, I've, I've gotten, but this is before the pandemic. I'm a Zoom teacher now. <laughs> but before the pandemic, I taught classes at Henry Ford High School, uh, university prep. It was more like an after-school program. It was still more of a class. Uh, Grandport Elementary and E-Course. Like, 
just going from school to school, trying to fill in the gap of teaching computer science. That's really what the nonprofits like model is. Um, so like no, barely anybody teaches computer science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in at least at the high school, the middle school level. So like, why not like take a, a school system that has been prior, like historically for like the last like four decades, kind of at a disadvantage in other like places in the area, why not like, uh, why not try to, you know, make that situation a lot better, you know? That's it starts terrible. with the school system. It starts with the school system. That's where it starts outside of like the government dealing with infrastructure a certain type of way, like at those types of things. But I really, it really starts with the education. The more educated the people are in the, in the population, I'm just going to make a hypothesis that the environment will be better. <laughs> I, I completely resonate with you and I completely agree with that. One, one big thing I, I see is a problem, like, you know, especially in the USA, is lack of focus and funding and really rethinking the education system. Because if you yeah. think about it, we, what is the country? The country is us people we we are the country the people yeah. and you ha you have to the more educated people you have the more skill sets the more knowledge you have the better society will overall be and i yeah. feel like there's kind of, we kind of i don't know maybe forgot that but it's it's very simple hey these these young generations are going to grow up someday we need to teach them like valuable things that they can contribute and make society and the world ultimately better that's my opinion exactly yeah especially we live in a capitalistic uh, society so one you need people who are going to be able to capitalize on different like uh, endeavors you know business-wise you also need people who are skilled that can work for those people you know <laughs> and like you don't have people who can you don't have people that can start business like successfully you don't have people who can like work for business, like, this is not going to work out. The foundation is, is going to crumble if there's, like, less educated people who can't, like, support these businesses that people are creating, you know? Um, so education, like, to me, honestly, education, the biggest thing I see with the children that I teach is that, like, our programs, like, really broaden their horizons, you know? Um, we also, like, want to get them out of the city and, like, explore other areas, um, for example, and they get to see, like, for me, like, I know for me, I work remotely, so I get to travel with my job. That is like, oh, my God. Uh, but I know for me, like, I'm just like, hey, like, I'm just randomly in Las Vegas teaching you guys this. <laughs> you know, like, and I, was just, I was out of Vegas a couple of weeks ago, uh, like, during the weekend. And I, like, I, I was one of those people that got canceled on Spirit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was one of those people. Yeah, they canceled my flight, like, an hour before I got to the airport. But anyways, you know. So oh, I'm like, sorry. yeah, so I'm able to. Yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. So, so I'm like, yeah, I'm able to travel with my job. Like, we have another uh, instructor who lives out of Belize right now. We teach children out of Detroit. So she gets to show them, like, different parts of the world and everything. Because a lot of kids out of Detroit, they have a very marginalized perspective. Because uh, they may not have, like, been able to leave the, the state very often or whatever. So that's really something we also want to bring is just having a different perspective uh, than just being here, you know. Yeah, I, I resonate with that. So just curious, well, what is, uh, what is your day like from start to finish, oh, man. say at journey or just in, in general, man. So it's like night and day now than how it was before. So I'll start with how it was before and I'll get to how it is now, you know, before wake up, code, 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 study, code, eat. If I remember to eat, you know, go to sleep. 
now with my current career, like if I'm if I'm teaching a class, I wake up. Um, it's anywhere between two to five hours, or excuse me, like an hour to five hours. My last course was five, it was four hours Monday to Thursday. So we had a lot of time with those kids and everything. So if I'm not teaching, I'm normally working out of like right here, which is my office, <laughs> or I'm like at a coffee, a cafe, or I'm like working at the Detroit Institute of Arts, or I'm outside, like, you know, it's kind of working in places where it's good for my mind, as opposed to staying in my apartment all day. Uh, so my day to day is very different from a lot of people. Uh, Cause I really like, I set my own like time. That's the relationship I have with my, with my boss outside of it's very that this is possible to be able to live like that. Uh, did my did my mic have any issues at all? No, you're good. It almost did. Yeah, for a second there. Okay, yeah, because it gave me some. But anyways, yeah, you're good. So now, so now I wake up. Um, I kind of do what I, what feels healthy for me. Like I, I wake up when it's a good time for me to wake up, as opposed to like having somebody demand that I wake up like at this time. Like if I have a meeting or something like that at nine, that's a different thing. But you know, I normally don't. I'm not really micromanaged, so I kind of just get whatever requirements I need for whatever app I'm working on. Work on it. I'm more of a night owl anyway, so oftentimes I'm working later at night. So I kind of this is kind of when I whenever I it feels healthy for me to work. Uh, that's how that's how I design my life now, at least you know, uh, in the most practical way that I can. Because you can't if you're doing business with someone, you have to operate off their time as well too. Um, but Maybe I just try audio. to be. I just try to. I just try to operate in a very like healthy manner. Honestly, if I never would have told anybody, like if you can design your life to wake up when you feel healthy too, but, but like if anybody's hearing that, like please do that because your life will improve dramatically. <laughs> like I love but it. For me, I don't have a, kids and everything, so I have the privilege of doing that. You know, I, I agree. I, I love that. Um, so to, to uh, finish off your question, since I am. Uh, when I'm not teaching, I am more like freelance. I do tend to make my own schedule. So I do have the privilege of kind of doing that of like, all right, like, like, so I went to bed at 2 a.m. today because I was up working. Like, it feels healthy for me to wake up at 10. You know, like some people might not like that. Some people might think that that's like being lazy or whatever. But oftentimes I, I'm working with people who are asleep. So that's healthy for me. You know, that may not be healthy for somebody who has a different type of schedule. Um, but I would have never had this perspective until I, I was put in the position I'm in. So being able to do that, it allows me to be mentally healthy. <laughs> it allows me to like, like, uh, like when I'm mentally healthy, it helps me to like schedule out, like and budget my time more effectively, which that's the, that's the bigger thing I'm trying to drive here is I'm, is I'm more able to like budget my time a lot more from start to finish now that I have the current life that I have, uh, lifestyle that I have and everything. So that's like, that's my day from start to finish, but really I'm all over the place. So who knows, you know, <laughs> like, it just is it's very flexible, you know. I love it. No, that's definitely super valuable. And not many people can, can say that. And and one thing, too, to mention is uh, mental health. I totally resonate with that is super yeah. important. And I feel like mental health is it's not a men, it's not it's not like so obvious sometimes where it's like a yeah. visual, physical thing you can see. Some, yeah. uh, but like, I feel like mental health in our society is definitely overlooked and not considered enough. I, I definitely agree, man. Like, honestly, when I got serious about my mental health, that's when my life changed. Not necessarily like, like my career. Like when I, it wasn't me focusing on my career that changed. It was me focusing on my mental health that really like changed it, you know? Um, just like, honestly, 
how, how are you going to operate and be successful if your mind is messed up? You know, like, I mean, you, you can probably, I mean, if you have like a lot of people who are willing to put money behind you, like in spite of that, maybe, maybe you can be successful in the short term, but how are you going to manage it? Like, how are you going to, like, how are you not going to have a stroke <laughs> like in the future or a heart attack or like some type of other physiological thing or like uh, your relationships, you know, that type of thing. Like, um, so for me, like, for me, this, this like slowing it down a little bit, like that's really been my, my, my thing now, just kind of slowing it down. I don't have to be the most productive person day in and day out all the time at this point in my life. Like if I'm, if I'm doing it, if I'm uh, being productive incrementally and I'm going towards my goals, then cool. But if I'm doing it to the point where like, it's like detrimental to my health, I'm like, I'm like working like 16 hour days, which I've done, I've done, it sucks. It really does suck, you know? Um, it's really hard for me to like be a happy like person and like smile when I'm like talking to you on the on the air right now <laughs> or like be kind to the person I'm walking up the street or in the gas station or that's what that's what that's what it really becomes important for me. You know, I'm a really big mental health advocate. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, I love it. And I and I agree. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely hard to work so many hours. And, and I've been in the same boat where I, you know, work so many hours and I still do. And I definitely notice, um, I'm just, you know, more cranky, a little bit more bitter and resentful. And bitter. I just feel like too, in the, in the, you know, in USA, our culture is just like work, 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 yep. work so hard to have this life. But we end up, I feel like so many people just end up working so hard. They forget to have an actual life and, their life exactly, becomes yeah. work focused and life is short and that's not what it's really about. It's, it is about, you know, we have to work, we have to make money, pay our bills, but also, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, have a life relationships, the, the, uh, ability, yeah. the valuable things in my opinion. With mental health, the biggest thing for me, well, I, I say, yeah, say, but like, I say 40 to 50% of it was surrounding myself with the right people. Like first and foremost, like, um, if you're in a toxic environment, it's really uh, hard to heal in a place that is making you sick, you know? So for me, like, separating my people, like, not to say that if somebody is, like, sick, if they're bad, like, being around, they're a bad person or whatever, but if you're around a lot of people who are also dealing with, they have their own demons that they can't really, like, deal with, like, it's better to be around healthy people. And that's honestly, if the, if you have a lot of influence over them, that's the best thing you can do for them anyways, you know, is to focus on being a healthy person yourself and then they can follow your suit, you know. That's what I had to do for me. It was a lot of people that I hung around that was just like, I had a lot of bad, bad energy. Um, just just wasn't very like, can do it. like for me, I just had to make the decision to step away. And it was kind of lonely at first, but like peace and quiet is worth it. <laughs> Definitely like to get your thoughts together. It is not like, constantly bombarded with negativity like like literally there's some people i would talk to like every conversation i would have is just negative like that's a, that's the life you're designing right there with your words like constantly if you're just constantly speaking negativity you know like uh I'm not speaking positively constantly like that's that's that, I think that's the best that's the best case scenario. So Eddie if you could tell us what are some of the things that you do to keep a healthy healthy mental health if you could share that with our audience without hesitation solitude <laughs> like having adequate amounts of solitude not like to the point where i'm like a hermit and i'm like never talking to anybody and i still have a pretty big social life you know 
Uh, but just like being able to separate myself from other people and just like to have my own inner world kind of like to be able to observe it at least at the bare minimum, I need to be able to observe my inner, my, 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 my inner world, you know, and having solitude helps it. So I can like channel my energy in a way where it's not like uh, being influenced by so many people. Uh, one thing I'll add to that, I'm a very like empathic type of person. So it's really easy for me to like, like pick up on energy from other people. So that's not something I knew about myself at all when I was younger. So if you're naturally like that, like you need to have time away from people, just period, you know, because uh, whether or not they're having a good day or a bad day, you're going to pick up on the energy, you know. <laughs> wow. So for me, having solitude is it's easier for me. It's easier for me to plan out my day, plan out my next day, <laughs> plan out the day after that. Like normally in my solitude, I'm like budgeting myself for like the next six months. I'm like reading a whole bunch of stuff on you. I'm, I'm going to YouTube University. I'm like focusing on educating myself. These are the things I do in my, my spare time because I'm a huge nerd. If I'm hanging around people constantly, it's hard for me to do that. So definitely solitude would be like to be comfortable being alone. That's really it right there. You know, um, another thing outside of talking to people who have decent energy, you know, um, having a good diet is another one. Like, so one thing that's really helped me, I've, I've been vegetarian for the last two years. Wow. Um, so for the first, for the first two weeks, I felt sick because, you know, you're used to getting protein a certain type of way from animals, like complete protein, like the, like getting complete amino acids and all that. I was sick for a couple of weeks, but from, from there, like, I feel like I have more mental clarity, uh, physically, like even my physique has changed, you know, I feel physically like more fit. Um, and I can tell that that's like helped me to make better decisions in my life as well too so having a good diet as well you don't have to be a vegetarian like me but just having some type of conscious being conscious of what you're putting in your body that's definitely i don't think it's possible without that because you're you're if you have a bad diet you're taking years off your life anyways you know so i love <clears throat> it that's amazing thanks thanks for sharing that eddie that's real so oh, yeah so uh jumping around topics here in your in your opinion what is what separates a CEO or CTO from just a normal employee in your mind? So when I think of a CEO, I think of somebody, they have the biggest vision of anybody in the entire team, like period. Like they're the person that you can't convince them otherwise that this is a bad idea. <laughs> like if you do, you have to give them good like data to support it. But like that's the person that like, when everybody else is like sleep, that's the person that's up, like thinking about how they're going to evolve the business. That's the person I would work for. That's the person that I would be, you know, I would not work for any CEO that wasn't like that at all. You know, where like, like literally like their business is like, that's their life. You know, that's like a big part. That's like their child, you know? So if I see that a CEO, this isn't like their child, that's like, they don't treat it like it's like their baby. They're not a good CEO to me, you know, uh, for a CTO, like, so for myself, I'm the CTO for Builder Black. So I'm just responsible for all the, you know, the technological stuff, like the website. If we have any like security systems inside the home, like that's all me right there. CTO, I'm just, I'm the tech dude. Like somebody that's very passionate about technology, like myself, that even though I may not be the smartest like person on the team, I know, like, I know that, what am I trying to say here? I'm going to, whatever technological problem there is, I'm going to be able to figure it out and get it done, you know? Like I'm that passionate about tech. I'm like normally like like the CTO is a person that's like tinkering. They're the tinkerer person. Like they're they're they they have a, a huge desire to learn. 
um, a huge desire to constantly get better and to learn from other people. Um, I, if I was if I was working under a CTO that didn't have a, a intense desire to learn technology or, or to be better, to listen to other people who are smarter than them, I wouldn't want to work with them. Um, so those are things I think that separates those two positions from other positions in the company, you know. That's super real. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Eddie, so if you could talk to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self if you could speak to, say, young Eddie? Bro, this is like the perfect question. This is like something I tell everybody. Like, I would say keep being exactly who you are, like literally who you are. Like there's some things you can like refactor as far as like your daily schedule. But like the happiest version of myself now is a person I was when I was a kid. Literally the person I was when I was a kid, I was a graphic designer. I tinkered around with um, with with uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, I'm creating a video game company. I was a huge gamer. Um, I make music currently. I don't uh, I don't monetize it, but that's something that I do. I'm still the same person I was when I was a kid. I'm just like a more mature, like refined version. You know, that's the advice I would give to other people. You know, the more I tried to stray away from being that person, the unhappier I was, you know, uh, that's that's the real like, the person you was as a kid. That's literally it has such a big impression on your life to who you are as a person now that I think you should honor who you were as a kid. So that's what I would do. And then I would I would be like, yeah, like, uh, Honestly, I don't know. I would want them to make the same mistakes. So I wouldn't tell them not to do something, you know, just make the same mistakes and you'll be, you'll be fine. Just be who you are, you know? That's super real. I, I love that. That that's, that's real as hell. Oh yeah. And uh, what, do you have any favorite books? What would be your favorite book? Maybe a book you, you, you should have, or wish you had read when you were younger or one of your favorite books. Now, if you could recommend a book to say your younger self or any younger generations, what would it be? Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's the book that I would suggest right there from a, a practical perspective and also a spiritual perspective. Like for me, I'm pretty spiritual. I'm being on a law of attraction and everything. Uh, so I think there's a practicality to it. And I think there's a spirituality to it. Even if it doesn't like resonate with someone spiritually, I think that the practicalness of applying your thoughts like very consciously is very practical, <laughs> like just by itself, you know. But when I read that, honestly, all the spiritual teachings that I've really come across is all inspired from that book, anyways. <laughs> so I would I will add that. But really, he's 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 at, he's applying the law of attraction to applying that to making money, you know. So the thing I like the most about it, he's, he's really, really, uh, Napoleon Hill really, really drives in the fact that you really have to use your mind to do this. <laughs> like, you really, really, like, you really have to be conscious of the thoughts you're having. Um, like, for me, like, so I'll give a practical example of how I use, uh, how, how I did it, you know. So five years, mm, crap, five, six years ago, I was a business student, and I remember being very unhappy I remember my car breaking down. My transmission was out. I was just like, oh, man, I want to I want to manifest a career where I can work remotely and work at home <laughs> and, you know, like do that. And like literally for the next five years after that, like most of my thoughts, like my conscious thoughts had a lot to do with that, you know, to the point this is where I'm at now, you know. Uh, but the thing, the, the most beautiful thing about it, once you have, once you focus in on your conscious thoughts, it becomes subconscious after a while to the point where you're not even thinking about it anymore. You know, 
like there's times where I'll drive around and the conscious thoughts that I'm having, now I'm having visions of those thoughts, like without even having to like think about it, you know? So like, I feel like if people, that's, that's from that book, the biggest thing I want to, I want to put here is consciously create your life, please. Like, don't, don't like allow other people to do it for you. Uh, that's the biggest thing I got from the book there, you know, and you can apply that to business. You can apply that to your personal relationships. Um, because I, honestly, I think thoughts are way more valuable than people like give them credit for. Like, um, like if there is a, I don't think there's any type of monetary value I would give on thoughts. But honestly, like the biggest like companies we have right now, like Tesla, Apple, Amazon, they started with a thought. You know, it was a thought that somebody had, and it turned into another thought, and it turned into another one, and it turned into another one. So if you're in control of that, you can control your destiny. You know. That's super real. And that's actually a great book. It's, and I will share this. That's actually one of the books that I read. It's, I, I have it as well. It's one of my favorite. And yeah. like, and there's a reason why it's called think and grow rich, right? Think. Yeah. yeah. It's, Definitely. It's, it's a life-changing book, man. I, that book really is life-changing. Uh, especially if you're at a point in your life where you never was exposed to like uh, money even, or if you were coming from a place of like mental illness or, or mental like, or from like a lower place to be able to believe at least that you can control your life with your thoughts. That was really it for me. Like the, having the belief that I can control my life with my thoughts, even if like it was BS or not. <laughs> I don't think it is, but regardless if it was or not, they, it gave me the belief that I can control my life with my thoughts, you know? Um, so I don't, I'm not like a, like a, like a super meditative type of like guru. I don't sit here and like meditate for 30 minutes a day, but I do, I, I am very conscious of my thoughts. When I, when I, when I experience thoughts that are, you know, like very like, well, what, why would I think that I, I take the time to observe it. And then I take the time to visualize and like, literally, like literally there's like a visual that I have that I literally like almost like recite like every once in a while, just so I can have the, the visual in my head. It's to the point where it's a subconscious thing now. Like I'll see it without even having to think about it, you know? And I do think that that attracts what's coming into your life, you know? Uh, because if you, if you don't like get control of that, then now you're at the mercy of that, you know? And if you're around people who are giving you negative thoughts and you're not in control of that, now you're creating the thought, those negative scenarios, you know? Um, so I think there's a big correlation between me reading that book and being spiritual and me breaking away from toxic behaviors, like toxic people, uh, breaking away from my own toxic thought patterns and everything. Cause I believe I had control of it, you know? So that's my monologue on thinking grow. You can tell how passionate read thinking grow rich. If you're energy. watching this. Yeah. If you're, your energy. if you're watching this, please read thinking grow rich or read the audio book. Like, please, like I'm begging you, please. <laughs> I, it's, it's an amazing book. And you know, what's so wild is, I, so that book is a great one. There's another great book I wanted to mention to our audience called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph D. Murphy. And that's another really good one. And it all comes down to it talks about the subconscious mind and it talks about consciously controlling your thoughts. And basically the, the motto is, is your subconscious mind can achieve anything and it doesn't matter what you program it to. So your, your subconscious mind essentially is like a garden. Your conscious mind is like, is like the guardian at the gate. So uh. all your conscious thoughts, whatever you're thinking consciously, your subconscious is like picking up on that, whether you 
know or not, and it doesn't care what's right or wrong. It just does what you're planting. Whatever, whatever seeds um, that you're consciously planting are going to grow bad seeds and good seeds. So, and this book is really uh, good because it tells you like, don't plant bad seeds consciously. Be careful what you say, what you think. And uh, I really resonate with that and completely see eye to eye. And I, 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 I'm, I, I'm just, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, that's a really, I got to read that book. That's like a brilliant analogy. That's like, I'd really uh, add it to my paradigm on that. Like, I, that's a brilliant analogy that he created there. It really, that really is how it works, you know, really, really is, you know, like if you're putting bad stuff in your conscious thoughts, e like, even if it, like the music you're listening to, the movies you're looking, you're listening, you're watching, like the people that you're surrounding yourself that's all a part of your conscious mind. Like you're, so you're, like you're saying, you're planting seeds of being around that energy and everything. So I, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant analogy right there. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite books. Um, and, uh, it's, it's this, yeah, you got to be careful what you say, what you think. And I definitely agree with that. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's really amazing what you've done Eddie with your life and how you've gotten yourself this far. And uh, yeah, it's, it's truly amazing. And I definitely admire it. That's, that's the reason for me, like, I do everything that I say, like point blank, like period. I don't, I don't, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm not just like, I have too much respect for the power of words and like just energy. Like I'm not going to say I'm going to do something if I'm not going to do it. You know, that, that in itself is terrible energy that the, the say you're going to do things and you don't do them, you know? Um, so that's a, that's a, a, a point from the last point of spirituality and, uh, and conscious thoughts that I wanted to add to that. All right, Eddie. So if there's any, last remarks is there anything you'd like to express to our viewers um any last words you'd like to say to our audience hmm. any advice for younger generations upcoming uh younger people that are transitioning into the work world trying to figure out their way what to do so if you're passionate about something if you know that this is what your calling is in life don't ever quit uh, on it. Like even, even if you fail like a hundred times, like before, like keep going, man. Like, cause I, that's experience right there. You know, like the most, like I would trust some, I would rather trust somebody with a task if they failed a thousand times and somebody who failed one time, you know, like, why, like, why would, like that person who's failed a thousand times, they, they understand the problem to a way different level than somebody's only failed at it once, you know? So really like having a different relationship with failure, really, really, that's going to change a lot of people's lives. Um, Cause for me, like I told you when I first started to freelance, like I pretty much failed on almost every project from a couple of years ago, you know, it was humbling. It sucked. It was a lot that I didn't know. Cause I was, I was very confident or more so probably arrogant <laughs> at the time that I like, I'm going to just go ahead and just do this, you know? And I got humbled really fast, but I needed that. Like I needed, I needed to go through like the failure to understand, all right, this is, you didn't do that. Right. So, all right. So you do that, you do it that way. All right. Um, all right. So the biggest thing about being a web developer, a freelance developer, the one of the hardest things is communicating with the client. That's an art form. You know, I have to fail at that a couple of times, you know, um, when you get to a solid level of confidence to the point where you look at failure more as data, like calculated like risk you look at it more as data more than like you suck at life or you're a terrible person i think there'll be a lot you'll get better results that way you know because i know for me like for final ball studios like i already know the first game is not going to be very good at all I, I i'm counting on it you know i'm literally counting on it you know i'm not 
I'm not sitting here saying the first game is going to be a triple A game. I really need to release something. So I want it the first game. If it sucks, whatever, you know, cool. I'm, I care more about de developing a team of people who are good. That if I if I can do that, then I think that the crappy game is worth it because then I can apply that to the second game, the third game, the fourth game. But it's not going to happen unless I fail at something first, you know. So if you're if you're listening to this or watching this, like take calculated risk. Like don't just fail like willy nilly, like just because. But if you're going to fail at something, like record the data, like try to remember most of your failures and try to be a better person because of it, you know. Michael Jordan won how many championships? That man missed a lot of shots in his career. Uh, he missed a lot of shots in practice, particularly that which where it counts as missing it in practice. Um, the people who aren't successful in basketball are the people who aren't missing a whole bunch of shots in the gym, you know? Those are the people who are going straight to the court and they're just jacking up shots. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kobe Bryant has missed like a thousand shots in the gym before the game started, you know? So, you know, it is what it is. Go out there, make calculated risk, you know? Wow, that's super <laughs> real. It is, yeah. Like I, I used to be so terrified of failure, man. Especially when I was in school. Like, like now it's like it is what it is, man. I know who I am. You know, I know I'm not an idiot if I fail at something. So it's a lot of confidence that comes with accepting failure. You know, I think that's one of the bigger things. And then I, I feel like too one one thing that our society teaches is, oh, failure is bad. You're you're yeah. dumb if you fail. And that's one thing that's also really like affected my thinking negatively to where yes. like, oh, I failed. Oh, I'm stupid and I'm worthless. And, and I feel like our society, like, oh, we, we punish, you know, you get punished in school for being a failure. You get, yeah. you, you get punished and made fun of, oh, he's a failure. He's a, so now we're so afraid to fail that I feel like so many people are afraid to fail that they don't even take a chance because they're like, oh, I might fail. So I'm not even going to take a chance. Yeah, that's that's so there's a lot of ignorance in that, like literally, because you have no idea what failure even means if you had never in that particular like medium, if you haven't done it, you know, like it, you, you don't know what you're talking about unless you failed at something like you just don't like how like <laughs> like that's that's how I see it now. I would have never thought about it that way. Well, I know for people that I respect very, very much in my life, those people have, have failed and struggled and. You know, I'm looking at them now, they're successful, but like a decade ago, like they were just like, man, I remember I just could not find my first client and I couldn't do this. And my first house, it was terrible. My first website was terrible. Like my first drone that I like engineered was terrible. Like my first, my first lecture I ever taught was, wasn't terrible, but I was very anxious. I put it that way. It was about design thinking. I got up in front of a whole bunch of kids. No, no like book. I didn't read a book. I didn't like get any training. I mean, I sucked a little bit, but they learned about design thinking. So, you know, from the second lecture, I learned from that one. You know, I, you know, it's just, it's just a, a process, you know. So failure and success is a process. And if you can't fail, somebody somebody who isn't afraid of failure is going to come through and they're going to win over you. That's just what it is, you know. Like somebody else who has the hunger, the passion, like they're going to come in. They're going to take your spot. They're going to take the chicken off of your plate, like the food off your table. If you're not afraid to go out there and put it into action, you know. It's people out here like who are hungry. It's people out here are talented, people who are passionate. If you can't go out there and fail, they they will. They'll fail for you and they'll get the opportunities, you know. So I really just changed my perspective on it. You know, all the people I looked up to, they were out there going out there putting work in, you know, putting work in. And meanwhile, I'm sitting back doing nothing, you know. The people who like make fun of people going out and like failing at a business endeavor are probably people who have never gone out and tried to start a business. <laughs> you feel me? So yeah.
I agree with that. And I, that, I, I love that principle too. Yeah. Like Kobe, you know, he takes, you know, misses, misses a thousand shots and, and, you know, you got to try. And, and that's like one quote too, that I always like keep in my mind is, uh, is yeah, sometimes you got to take a, you know, you got to take a thousand shots, a thousand tries to be successful once. And uh, yep. one, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say uh, just like one quote that uh, Elon Musk uh, has said is uh, like uh, he talks about failure and he says, uh, you know, he basically says uh, when we're failing more, we're learning. And yep. success may- maybe isn't always the greatest teacher. Failure is. So that's a great segue. Honestly, when I'm teaching. Oh, hey, Joey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when I'm teaching, I, I make it a point to share my failures with my students. Like, because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me not to be able to tell them, like, "Hey, this is how you can possibly fail. This is how you can prepare for it. This is a lesson that I learned." It, it doesn't make sense for me to like brag about my lifestyle 100 percent of the time, and I haven't shared how I got there. You know, like, um, and honestly, the the kids they're very receptive to me telling about my failures because one is very authentic. You know, people tend to like respect that. You know, at a even a subconscious level, you're just being yourself. You're like, yeah, I messed up. You know, my first project is up. You know, this is what I did. Da 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 da. Um. So yeah, te- I think more people need to do that. I think it'll bring people together because that's a big part of. Like the world right now, I don't want to make this like a big social commentary, but the world, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, you know? And if people were just more authentic and they were more like, not even just like to other people, just to themselves, you know? Like having empathy for yourself, you know? like And like accepting the fact that you're not perfect and like nobody else is. I think the world, if people could accept that a lot more, the world would be a better place. Um and like, especially in like Western culture here in America, like it's so like materialistic. <laughs> like if you if you fail, like the optics of it, like people care so much about that to the point where they don't even care about the lesson or like yeah. who the person is, you know. So um, yeah, so go out there and fail, people. Do it. I dare you to go out there and fail. I dare you. Go do it. You know, <laughs> just do it. Like Nike said, you know, just do it. <laughs> I love it. Well. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show. Uh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, yeah, best of luck. Best uh, wish of success to you. I, I really admire everything you're doing, and it's it's uh, it's an amazing mindset that you have. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Iron Skies community. You can support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash iron skies, and I'll leave a link in the description. As always, stay happy, healthy, and wise, and keep hustling. Never stop believing in your dreams. Never stop believing in your vision, and we'll see you next time.